0: it's time for the binge boys episode 180 it's the mitch and matt sh- <laughs> i did that last time is. too god damn it <laughs> i said it's the mitch and matt show it, yeah it, it, it's the matt and logan show
1: <laughs> what up matt oh what's going on man how are
0: you doing good how are you i see you're you're a big beardy boy now right now
1: i've been a big beardy for a while but i guess i've been, I've been a little MIA, I've been a little spotty in, in my performances. So I'm just, just got to come back strong and had to have something to show for my, my wisdom. I'm going. With
0: <laughs> Did beard. you go and film The Revenant in your app?
1: You know, uh, I can't talk about it, but there may or may not have been Revenant vibes to to the projects I've been working on.
0: That's funny because the other night I went to this pizza place with my roommates and uh, and Catherine, and for some reason in the in the pizza place the Revenant was on TV, like on FX, and we were just thinking like, what an unlikely movie to be playing in a restaurant.
1: <laughs> That's bizarre. I think like once i went to a bar and like interstellar was playing i'm like that's just not a movie you can like you know grab a beer like sit down chat with your friends look up enjoy like five minutes of it's like it's either gonna be like trippy as hell or just the depressing parts of that movie
0: you, you can't be watching interstellar in a bar i feel like that's not the move like throw on a comedy like like happy gilmore or you know, like a classic comedy from like the eighties or nineties, but like nobody's watching Christopher yeah. Nolan movies in a bar.
1: Not I I mean, is uh Interstellar the worst Christopher Nolan movie to show in a bar? I'd say yes. Maybe Memento <laughs> might be the- worse. What's the best? Probably Dark Knight.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. Probably <laughs> the people probably
1: get behind it the most. Uh, Inception isn't the best or the worst. Like you wouldn't have any idea what's going on, but like it would inspire a lot of people because like people would be talking about it.
0: True. Yeah. If you want to, if you, if your goal is to uh, spark conversation in your in your place of business, then. Yeah, throw in a Christopher Nolan movie uh, in your bar and uh, and and you'll get the job done. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but other than that, no one's doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no no one's also seeing pretty safe where, to say how, no how this would... It. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty safe to say that no one else saw this uh, episode starting this way.
0: No, I don't, I don't think they did. Um, I, don't, I don't think normal binge boys or girls picture their episodes talking about the best movies to play in a bar.
1: Specifically by Christopher <laughs> Nolan, of course.
0: Yes, of course, of course. Uh so everybody, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And if you're a long time listener, welcome back. If this is your first time here, the premise each week is that my co-host and I break down the hottest in TV and movies, as well as some music, video games, and pop culture here and there. First things first, follow us on Instagram at Bench Boys Podcast. That's where you get our announcements, top five lists, reviews. And more. Next thing, go to iTunes.com/slash the binge boys podcast and uh, and leave a five-star rating as long as as well as a short review. It helps us out a lot and it helps us grow the show and hear your feedback. Now let's get to some headlines. Uh, me and Matt uh, are sharing the headlines seggy this week so uh, I'll dive into the couple that I threw in and then I'll let him throw in the go to the two that he threw in. So starting out at number one. The Quiet Place Part 2 is coming out in less than three months. Let that sink in everybody. Paramount Pictures pushed the release date of Quiet Place Part 2 to May 28th The previous date was for September 17th. Paramount moved the project hours after Universal moved Fast 9, the ninth film in the Fast and Furious series, from May to June. John Krasinski confirmed the news in a tweet uh, saying, they always say good things come to those who wait. Well, I think we've waited long enough. The Quiet Place 2 debuts on Memorial Day 2021. Uh, So yeah, that's, that's exciting. Matt. What are the chances that uh, you you heard the name Paramount thrown around a few times in here? (laughs) What are the chances that this movie doesn't go into theaters and they release this on Paramount Plus?
1: Uh, I, I think they'll uh, they'll probably wait and they probably wait and see what uh, HBO's first quarter numbers look like for their their dual release strategy and act accordingly.
0: Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate that. Um, you're probably right. So I guess we'll see. Um, yeah. And if the event comes where uh, Quiet Place Two is released on Paramount Plus, uh, someone will subscribe for free. And get a free trial, and the rest of us will milk that free trial until we uh, until we can't anymore. So anyway, <laughs> speaking of Paramount Plus, um, great transition here. Nickelodeon formally announced Patrick Star, the spin-off series. The spin-off that everybody's asking for. Um, head of Nickelodeon Brian Robbins describes Spongebob SquarePants as a mini Marvel universe. It will be effortless to add <sighs> different perspectives from different characters of Bikini Bottom. Viacom CBS Greenlit 13 episodes of the series uh, around Patrick Starr. The Patrick Star show is scheduled to debut this summer and will be centered around a young Patrick who lives with this f- who lives with his family and hosts a television show. Bill, don't know how to say his last name, Fogger Bach is the longtime voice of Patrick, and he, of course, will reprise his role. The show will uh, introduce Patrick's parents, little sister, grandfather, who you can take a look at below in this image. Sorry you can't see the image, but, (laughs) I mean, mean, it looks like like Bikini Bottom animation. You know how it is. Um, Yeah, it doesn't say where this will debut maybe on nickelodeon um but it also does note that there is still a spin-off in development uh uh, supposedly surrounding squidward tentacles other spongebob main character uh and that will reportedly be available on netflix so if this goes to netflix cool if it goes to paramount i I can see it going to paramount um just because that's where they're holding like a bunch of nickelodeon content but I guess we'll see yep. you going forward. Matt, go ahead with your headlines.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, like, were you a big, uh, big Cleveland Show guy? Because that's the the vibe I'm getting from the Patrick Star spinoff here.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I'm a, I-, I liked the Cleveland Show, but I wasn't jumping up and down about it.
1: Well, it's funny because I only like the Cleveland Show and I despise Family Guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, shifting gears, that uh, soon to that forthcoming Squidward show will be on Netflix, as was The Queen's Gambit this past uh, summer, whenever, I don't know. Time was weird this year. Um, And The Queen's Gambit, the book was also just recently optioned to become a stage musical. On Monday it was revealed that production company Level Forward had acquired the theatrical stage rights to The Queen's Gambit with the intention of turning the story into a musical. Nobody's really attached to it yet, really just an announcement that that they secured the rights to do that. So Put this on there, cause we're, you know we were we were big Queens Gambit guys, kind of a big happening in the world. Um, and then, as I've learned yeah. by doing some of the lists, uh, I'm apparently a big musical guy, so feel like I really had to uh, talk about this. So, yeah, Logan, does this does this do anything for you?
0: Um, I yeah, I I'm intrigued more than anything. Yep. I I almost think that they need to get main actress from the queen's gambit to do this yeah um but uh other than that i'm I'm just i'm cautiously optimistic I, i i'm curious to see what they do
1: yeah i think like i think there's a lot of room to do unique stuff between like the drug use and the the chess i feel like there's there's cool stuff you can do with choreography for for that um let's try and think about a transition here (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, we got to look at what the LeBron Space Jam is going to look like. Space Jam, A New Legacy, um, was got a, a bit of a spread in uh, Entertainment Weekly. And, you know, while we could talk about a lot of the talent attached to it, like LeBron and just some of the other Hollywood personalities, Logan, you know the big discussion surrounding this re- release, right? Uh, remind me of the
0: big discussion around this release.
1: Lola Bunny has been redesigned. And people are mixed.
0: Um, let me see. Let me let me see. I'm going to pull up a side-by-side comparison here of Lola Bunny, and uh, I'll give my two cents. Okay. Um I, I still I see some similarities I think th- that she's still dummy thick I think they kept that uh, vibe going however she does look different
1: I, I I think it's just a good call to not have the midriff showing you know you can't play basketball with your stomach out what are they thinking
0: no I, I, I <laughs> think you're absolutely correct but I'm, I'm having trouble figuring out what kind of dimension this movie is going to take place in. Because...
1: That's a, yeah, yeah.
0: There are shots that show flat 2D characters, but then there's also this image of LeBron standing next to Bugs Bunny that I'm standing next, that standing next to him, and he looks three-dimensional. So I'm wondering I mean, what's going on here.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it kind of has a look like the unfortunately like tom and jerry from from last week where that had kind of like a 2d effect in like the the 3d world
0: yeah i wouldn't be surprised if that's what the look they were going with due to the success of tom and jerry
1: oh yeah but yeah i see that photo realist or that like sort of more 3d looking bugs bunny and yeah that's not it's kind of creepy yeah
0: i I don't i don't know how i feel about it but uh obviously gonna see the movie
1: yep Yep. That's that's really all on that one unless you want to talk more more Space Jam.
0: I don't know. I just I I would just like to see a trailer at this point.
1: Sure. Sure. Did you uh did you see Trainwreck with LeBron in it? See his acting chops?
0: I actually I actually did not. Um so I need to go back and watch that. I've been told to watch that movie. Yeah, he's LeBron's pretty funny in it. He's no,
1: you know, he's around like Bill Hader and and Amy Schumer. So there's some there's some comedic, you know, modern comedic uh, figures in there, and he he kind of holds his own. So I'm pleasantly surprised.
0: I'm cautiously optimistic for Space Jam 2. <laughs> well, good. There you go, folks. Those are our headlines of the week, and uh, we got a pretty decent episode today. Just in terms of the content, we got two big pieces of content that have really rocked the world lately. Um, one of which is WandaVision, the series finale, uh, and just kind of our discussion is WandaVision as a whole. But I'll let that be the last thing we cover today so we can go as long as we want on it. Yeah, yeah. But first, I would like to talk to you, Matt, about a movie that came out on Netflix a week or two ago, maybe a couple weeks ago now. A couple weeks, um, I think, yeah. But it's called I Care A Lot. Also, I realized when I went back and edited the last. Episode of Binge Boys with Mitch and I mm-hmm. that I say um like so much. Like like um, I say like it so, so much, much, much that it got to the <laughs> point where... <laughs> I said it so much to the point where I know what the shape of um looks like in the in the voice track. <laughs> so when I was editing, I just cut out that shape every time I saw it. There you so go. um so everybody In case you don't know, uh, yes, so this was released the weekend after Valentine's Day, February 19th, released on Netflix. It's just shy of two hours long. It's a comedy crime thriller, rated R, starring uh, Rosemond Pike, Elsa Gonzalez, Peter Dinklage. And the synopsis reads as a crooked woman, or sorry, a crooked legal guardian who drains the savings of her elderly wards meets her match when a woman she tries to swindle turns out to be more than she appears. So I'll start off by saying I, Oh, and it's important to note that uh, Rosamund Pike did win best actress at the Golden Globes for her performance in this movie. So um, there it is again. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's, uh, It's so hard to not say it. Um, Damn it, dude! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> just Power through. Damn. You got this. Damn it! Okay. I was going to say it again. Okay, now. So, I care a lot. Matt, um, I didn't have any desire to watch this movie at all. I know had Catherine had mentioned how she really wanted to watch it, and I, I hadn't seen a trailer, footage, nothing for this movie. I thought it was just a like a, a, a rom-com maybe, or just like a movie about this woman. I had nothing, I had no knowledge of this going in. Yeah. Uh, and I personally really enjoyed myself watching it. Um, I thought there was a few problems, and I'll bring those problems up sure. in a second, but I, I gave it a four out of five um, just because throughout the movie, there was a couple times I looked at Catherine and I said, I genuinely don't know how she's going to get out of this situation. Or, I don't know what's sure. going to happen next. Like, I truly don't know what's going to happen. And, um, uh, and yeah, I, I just, I, I enjoyed myself a lot, a lot more than I thought. And maybe that's why I gave it a four out of five is because I was expecting nothing and was presented something I, I enjoyed. What, what, what are your thoughts?
1: I was a bit more split on this. I definitely think there were strong points to it. I think, um, oh man, I'm doing it too now. I think the performances (laughs) were definitely a strong suit of it. I think some of the problems with it were just kind of like the script for it mostly. Like, I think that's what it comes back to that. I just didn't like many of the characters and they weren't so unlikable that seeing them succeed, like got an emotional reaction from me. The movie was just like kind of dark and kind of mean, like all throughout. And I just couldn't get, uh, couldn't get much past that, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. There was a few points where Catherine and I talked amongst ourselves and thought like, and it's one of the notes I put down is who's the real villain here for, right. For a, a, a strong portion of the movie, you are kind of thinking like, okay, so we're following this woman. And she's the main character, but is she necessarily, like, the person we're rooting for here? I'm not rooting
1: for anyone who's ruined, you know, a whole wall full of lives. Like, we see very clearly, like, how many people she's manipulated for her own
0: gain. Part of me is wondering, is, is any part of this legal? Like, is this possible? This isn't legal, is it? The way that she goes about it, maybe the execution is legal, but maybe it's just morally wrong. Kind of like masturbating on an airplane. It's not legal, <laughs> but but it, it's just frowned upon, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think doing it like – so on some level, I think like being a legal guardian for someone and like potentially selling off their assets to pay for their personal care – well, they're in like a home, I think that is legal. To do it to the extent that she does in a method for her own personal profit, that has to be illegal.
0: Yeah. I, the fact that she basically bamboozles. Okay. So now it's all coming together. The, fa- the fact that she bamboozles people into getting taken into a nursing home and getting that nursing home to basically cut off communication, I feel like that's illegal. Like, we're going to take your cell phone away. Yeah. You have no contact with the outside world. Like, you are essentially a prisoner here. Um, yeah, and it, It's
1: something that you might not go to jail for, but you would not be allowed to continue to practice law
0: had this, something like this come to
1: light, that yeah. you were engaging in these practices.
0: And if you're the judge in the court where she goes to get these people, like, sentenced you gotta think she's giving him a cut because why the hell else would it not be fishy that she's always involved with all of these people's cases like it some of it doesn't add up and that's why some of it for me like you said kind of didn't add up to get the perfect score but i also put down something that Catherine and i like almost joked about the entire movie and this i don't know about you matt and Uh, shouts to mitch because i know this might strike a chord with him but she she vapes in this movie a lot and and i I was wondering catherine said like are they trying to do that like but replace it with a cigarette and like make it seem more modern day but like but, but it was so distracting like it, it wasn't like that she just had a jewel. Like she had yeah. a fat ass, like almost electric toothbrush sized, like <laughs> vape. And I was <laughs> like, it's me out of the movie. It took me out of the movie. Every time she did it, I, I just go, there's that fucking vape again. Like, I, I just don't know how to respond when I saw it on screen.
1: Yeah. And it's not one of those things where I felt like there was like, I felt like it was a choice for the character and not necessarily a choice for like the, like symbolism. Like she doesn't do it. Like, how in movies, I think, like, the Godfather, like, oranges symbolize, uh, you know, someone's going to die soon or something like that. Like, I couldn't, like, I didn't think to look for it, but, you know, to my recollection. It's not really, um, not really indicative of anything going on. It just seems like, yeah, to put it in
0: kind of, like, a modern era, I think. It's... And maybe that's the problem because maybe cigarettes have been used in movies for so long that you don't think of them as distractions. And maybe we're just trying to get vapes up to that point because vapes are a thing that millions and millions of people smoke every day. But maybe just this being the first time I've really noticed it in a movie or a show, I was just like, that is so distracting. Maybe... You know, you know, maybe if it was like a jewel or a smaller vape, it would have been different. But the fact that it was abnormally large, I yeah. was just like, what's the point of this vape? It's almost like they were like, she's definitely a character that should smoke. And they're like, well, wait a minute. What if we try to be hip and make it a vape? And it, I don't know. That part just took me out of it every single time.
1: For sure. Maybe the, uh, the director, Jay Blakeson just wants to normalize vaping and he's just doing it in you know, all of his movies, just trying to make it a thing for
0: everyone. <laughs> and, and kudos to him for trying, but I, I don't know if other people on the internet are, are feeling this way, but it just took me out of it. Um, yep. Yep. what did you think about Peter Dinklage? Because when when he first showed up on screen, I was like, holy shit, Peter Dinklage is in this movie. I immediately got more tied yeah. in and more invested.
1: Definitely. I was definitely um, interested to see how he was going to kind of fit in and how this role – or how he'd do in this role. And I was very surprised, um, especially compared with you know the very iconic um, – Tyrion Lannister who tries to talk his way out of every problem this performance was much more just trying to you know be cool and you know not really talk as much so I found it was a very much different role for him and I think he pulled it off pretty pretty effectively what what about you were you a fan
0: yeah absolutely I I was gonna say Tyrion Peter Dinklage is one of my like, favorite actors, but I don't think of him until I see him in something. Yep. It's like that friend where you go to a party and you only see that friend at parties, and you every single time you talk to him, you're like, man, I forgot how much I really like this guy. That's how I feel Agreed. about Peter yep. Dinklage. Good take. Like, he's he's amazing in everything that he's in, but you don't think about it past when you've watched it. So, so I'm a fan, and the fact that he's... Um, you know, I'm sure he had a lot of fun with this this role right after Game of Thrones ending. So um, it's good to see that he's still getting work and everything, because I know a lot of people weren't happy with the way Game of Thrones concluded. So good to see my boy Peter Dinklage in something.
1: Yeah, good to see him not kind of get, um, you know, thought of as just kind of like a like David Schwimmer, just only known as as Ross. Because the more work he can get, the sooner after the as close to Game of Thrones being done, the better to keep our man's working
0: man, why you got to be putting disrespect on David Schwimmer? What the hell do you got against David Schwimmer? <laughs> it's not a
1: not a huge fan. He, he was left <laughs> squarely in friends in my mind.
0: Oh yeah. Like it's almost like Wanda put up a hex around friends and <laughs> David Schwimmer got stuck inside playing Ross for the rest of his career. Yep. Yep. <laughs> great. Great. Uh, I'm not transitioning just yet, but great tie-in to WandaVision. Yep. So overall, Matt, what I want to start doing this whenever we review movies just to get a little bit more element to it. What's the one thing that did it for you for this movie, and what's the one thing that didn't?
1: I think what did it for me, um, probably the... Specifically the Rosamund Pike um, performance, even though, you know, and I'll get to this and what didn't do it for me, um, even though I didn't really get behind the character, I still think that she had to do a lot of different kind of roles in this movie. Like she had to be, you know, super confident, super on top of everything and, you know, shutting everyone down, like with her words. But then um, in the second half of the movie, a lot more emotional Um, performances and a lot more like physical work Um, and I think she just like did both really well but what didn't do it for me is just I just couldn't root for for anyone in this movie and I just found it just very frustrating and just like disappointing that like despite all the bad things that like sort of everyone did Um, at least for a while, they were all rewarded for it with, you know, vast wealth. Um, yeah, just, yeah, I just really wasn't, wasn't crazy about, I could, I, if I could get behind one person, the closest one to that was, was Fran, the girlfriend. She, she tried to do the right thing more often than not, but yeah. So what about you? What, uh what did and did not do it for for you and i care a lot.
0: Um i think i can kind of agree with you in most of what you just said actually like yeah the i think what did it for me was the the cast pretty much peter dinklage and Rosemond pike their performances were pretty awesome especially Rosemond pike i think she i mean i don't know off the top of my head the other nominees for best actress but she like you said she was doing a lot like she was being confident businesswoman she was being lying thief she was being you know emotional wreck she was she was doing uh, all six sides of the die um and then uh, that's a horrible analogy but i came up with it on the top so i'm gonna i think it, it works here. it totally works <laughs> and i think the thing that doesn't do it for me was just the little things here and there like the vape and i do agree with you like there was a few times where me and Catherine thought to ourselves like Everyone in this movie is a shitty person. Like, yeah. not except you know the girlfriend. Yeah, I agree. She, while she has some better moments, she's still in on the whole thing. Right? Yeah,
1: it was she, it was relative scale that I said I, I root for her. You know, I still don't. Sure, I don't want to. I don't want to be hang out with her. I don't want her working with me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. I think, Matt, you gave it a 3 out of 5. I gave it a 4 out of 5. I think it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, it's an entertaining movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've seen people give it a lot higher than 4 out of 5 and a lot lower than 3 out of 5. So, you know, let us know if if you fall outside between uh, between Logan and I.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Check it out on Netflix. And now, Matt, uh, we can talk about uh, the 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 end of an era, I guess. Um, yeah. Just it's kind of raw of too. But yes, the beginning of one uh I'm curious this this is the end of an era but just so everybody knows WandaVision is a show on Disney Plus. Uh it's created by Jack schaefer stars Elizabeth Olsen, Katherine Hahn, Paul Bettany, uh and a list of others produced of course by Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige. WandaVision blends the style of classic sitcoms with the MCU, in which Wanda Maximoff and Vintage Vision, two superpowered beings living in their ideal suburban lives, begin to suspect that not everything is as it seems. So, WandaVision, the series finale, is what uh, this episode was called—the finale of WandaVision season one—and and I guess they got on top of it and just said this is the series finale. There is no more seasons of WandaVision. Um, That's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong or if you think something differently, but I I think that what I understood these Marvel shows being almost as if they're taking the place of a movie. I
1: could see, like, I could see them sort of, if they do do a second season, it would be kind of like around a big like sort of uh infinity war end game level like event shifts like let's say you know falcon and winter soldier like comes out does its first season and then in black widow something big happens and shakes up the status quo in such a way and then to sort of you know maybe amplify or show the sort of aftershocks of of that event they give us that in you know falcon and winter soldier season 2
0: yeah yeah i agree um i think that's how agents of shield did it they would have a season and then the season would end right before summer movie season and then all of the marvel movies would come out and shake up the timeline and then agents of shields next season would be reacting to that the events of those avengers movies and stuff so i think that's not too far off from it but i, I don't really see at least with this show a season two unless it's something far down the line after phase four um involving wanda maximov again um yeah but overall i, I think all of us are going to give WandaVision season one or just one division i guess in general uh, a five out of five is that correct
1: yeah i think and i'm i don't know i will say definitely grading on sort of a curve like was it the best like single season of television i've ever seen no but it was up there and it was showing that the um introduction of this kind of storytelling format into the mcu is definitely one that should be continued and i think they did it well here and sort of uniquely used the the format what about you
0: yeah i i I really like that point and it's it's going to be interesting you know is like you said is this the best season of tv i've ever seen no is this the best mcu thing i've seen in a while yeah this was really (laughs) well executed i think they they had a they had a really tall order to fill, especially with the first piece of MCU content coming out since Spider-Man, and that was like two years ago now. It... I, I don't know. It, it It really... There was a lot of fear with what Marvel was going to do with TV, and maybe we're t- speaking too soon, but if WandaVision is telling us anything about what's coming next, I, I, I assume Marvel has their shit together for the other shows. So... um. So I guess let's let's recap the episode. So we essentially it, it kicks off right away. Uh, we get uh, no no break and and sh- and rightfully so. I mean they had a lot to do in this last episode. So, um, right. So so yeah, we we basically see a Wanda versus Agatha Harkness fight. And uh, let me just say this: this is the first real action we've gotten. In the whole season, um, and, yeah, and it looked of, amazing. A
1: flash or two here and the, yeah, flash or two here yeah. and there. But yeah, I, I liked it. It,
0: it. it was awesome. It was movie level action. Seeing Wanda and Agatha flying in the air after each other, shooting magic and spells and whatnot at each other. I, I was like, "This is fucking awesome!" Like, this is truly great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was having a moment Definitely. watching this. And then same thing with with our boy Vision. Him fighting White Hello Vision, which, which sadly was not Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> the, the aerospace engineer not being Reed Richards. Uh, <laughs> White Vision not being Ultron. No Doctor Strange cameo. I'm zero for three on Logan's nerdtastic theories.
1: Yeah, even... Uh... Even the Luke Skywalker level cameo and the actor Paul Bettany's wanted to work with forever did not pan out how
0: you were wanting them. You gotta think, Paul Bettany, after he said that in his interview, he was like, and then he got on Twitter that night. He was like, oh shit.
1: (laughs) No, I think, no, if I'm Paul Bettany, I like, I give that interview and then I like go to you know, the, the WandaVision group text and be guys just wait to see what I said in the interview about white vision,
0: LOL. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I was pretty satisfied with the dialogue too, especially coming from white vision. Yeah. Um, everything he said had some weight to it and it felt really powerful, like, Like when he touched her face for the first time, I was like, oh my God, they're doing something different. And then when he put his other hand, I was like, oh my God, he's going to try to kill her.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What? Okay. So, I mean, full spoilers ahead, as we always say, but what are your thoughts on, is he still like out there? Like he just flew off and we didn't see him for the
0: rest of the episode. I was wondering that too. Um, with the ums man i think that yeah i think he's out there yeah i don't think that we will see him for a while otherwise this show will have had no weight i think yep. agreed um and and i kind of feel the same way about like again full spoilers i had the very ending scene where wanda's like flipping through her spell book like learning the shit almost looking very dr strange like um where she's learning spells yeah, yeah. and you can hear her kids like screaming for help it's like really i are, you're you're really going to take her kids away and then 20 minutes later show us that there's a chance they're out there it kind of it kind of lessens the gravity of the situation for me yeah i, I don't know what your thoughts are there
1: i I'm kind of of the thinking that the option. So given the Doctor Strange coming up, I think that her ability to get her kids and or vision back is what's going to be a motivation for Wanda to potentially turn um, more evil than she you know, would otherwise have under an unclouded mind. So I do agree. I think it is a bit cheap that they, like, make this, uh, you know, big heroic sacrifice, which let's talk about that for a second. It's like, yeah, she gave up for her family, but also, like, all those people, like, thousands of people were under her control for seemingly, like, weeks. They probably lost things, too. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. Like...
0: I thought it was a very... I I I thought it was a, a very... Clever line that when they said. Uh, like when the blonde woman came to Wanda and said, will you let my daughter out of her room already? Yeah. And I thought, oh shit, that's wh- how you explain the no kids thing.
1: Right. So Wanda's been keeping time. all the
0: kids sheltered.
1: Yeah. So.
0: I, I don't know where to go. Well, yeah. I
1: don't. With, uh, with our recap or.
0: <laughs> no, just like in terms of like what the hell's happening like what why did wanda do that
1: yeah i don't know man grief will grief will do that uh, so i think is what it's saying
0: i guess i just realized dude that we get oh man, we got so much marvel content the rest of the year it's almost like unfair
1: yeah they, they know they uh, they kept it away from us for,
0: for 18 months. Now they're making up for it. I mean, we'll get back to the recap, obviously, and, and just <laughs> lingering questions we have. But I was um, I was trying to pull up a phase four thing so we can talk about that, like, in closing. Mm-hmm. But, well, actually, no. We'll, we'll do that last. We, we can cover the episode first, and then we'll end it with what's next with Marvel. Um, sure. But... What did you think about? I guess we'll just ask each other. The what did you think of this? Like of the main events that happened <laughs> in the episode, and the one that's on the top of my yeah. ha- uh, mind right now is Ralph Boner.
1: I I, th- I thought that was a good kind of like clever like tie off to that. Have have B, her husband Ralph? Like ah, there it is. Not not Mephisto, just some loser stoner.
0: <laughs> just a stoner named Boner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> allow me to theorize for a second uh-oh uh-oh <laughs> allow me to theorize on this at the very beginning of the show jimmy wu says i've got somebody in witness protection program in the city and i haven't heard from him either and that's mm. never explored but then when monica confronts ralph and says you're ralph and he said And she's like, boner? And he said, he says, yeah, boner. Like almost like in acknowledgement of his name, thinking like if it was a normal person, wouldn't he be like, yeah, my name's boner. Get over it. Or is it just, am am I digging
1: too deep here? I don't know if you're digging too deep there, but I did forget about that detail and it is unlike them to leave a thread you know that's not i wouldn't say that's like super strong of a thread you know just having someone in witness protection in a certain place um yeah they did never follow up back on it like that it could be that guy and i think him being you know the former quicksilver um actor does lend it credence that it is someone we we could see in the future. So I like, I think, I think that holds weight. I think that's solid.
0: It just kind of upsets me, but also it makes me think those clever bastards, yeah. like casting Evan Peters, of course, in the MCU as a supposed quicksilver. Does that just mean that Agatha gave him super speed abilities when it's revealed that Ag- Agatha It was Agatha all along. Does that just mean that she gave him those abilities?
1: I guess. Yeah. I I think that that's sort of the implication in the the Agatha all along segment when he she sort of puts him in front of the door. There. I don't know.
0: um... I I've, I've been seeing a lot of stuff online. People are real upset that he isn't something more. So, I don't know. I I really hoped that he was something more, but but maybe that was just my problem. But you gotta think that they they wouldn't have casted Evan Peters, the dude that is Quicksilver's. It'd be different if this was like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and they casted Evan Peters as like some government agent. No, yeah. they casted Evan Peters as the fake Quicksilver. Like so, you got it, just pissed me off in a way.
1: I think this show is setting up more pieces than we even realize now. So I don't think it's worth saying that they wasted that opportunity or they're tricking people just yet i think he's in you know confirmed in the marvel cinematic universe they'll uh they'll do something with him in the future i am i can lock i will lock that in now as not a guarantee because i don't guarantee anything but you know um i do like that they just kind of put agatha in the locker and said we're going to use you again later it is just a matter of time but you will reappear at some point you think you think she'll come back up at some point definitely i think i think um, in wanda's if you know if we're going with this my if i'm working on my theory that wanda's going to try and look for her kids in the whatever book that was I think she is going to snap Agatha out of being Agnes to, like, make her help do that. Or Dr. Strange will get her say, we need to get this Wanda chick under control. And I know I know you can do a few things.
0: Mm, I never thought about that. Um, that was going to be my next question was, what did you think of Wanda's punishment for Agatha? Because... Yeah, like Agatha said like what are you going to do? Chain me up, throw me in prison somewhere and it's Wanda's like no, actually, I'm going to throw you right where you belong being the nosy neighbor. But the inconsistency in my head is but they destroyed the hex, like the hex fell and everyone returned to their normal lives. Does that mean that does that mean that she trapped Agatha in being that everyday person with that personality? Basically Basically, wiping her memory of her being a witch.
1: I think, basically, I think she pretty much kept like the hex just around Agatha's, you know, mind and body, like for all, practic- for all practical purposes.
0: I loved Agatha's costume here. I think she looked absolutely awesome with the dark purple and black and, and everything.
1: I really like that. I also really liked the uh, the the full Scarlet
0: Witch fit. Oh God, dude! If 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 Wanda's not in your top five MCU heroes as of now, who are you, dude? dude. I've been saying for years that Wanda is sneaky awesome, and nobody has been acknowledging this until now. I would just like to claim, Elizabeth Olsen, if you're ever hearing this, I was there from the start. I knew you would be a badass. I knew you would be the all-powerful. I'm glad that we have come to this realization. Um, Please come on this podcast. Sure. Anyway, back to you.
1: But um, (laughs) yeah, I think the only one, I I guess we talked white vision, but what were your thoughts on the sort of logical chess match between Hex Vision and White Vision, neither of which are are the real Vision, but neither of which are truly the fake Vision, which is really sort of the point of their, uh, you know, Ship of Theseus fight, if you want to call it that.
0: Well, in my uh, Friends of the Program, Friends from Work, actually, podcast that were guests on The Exchange last week, they do a Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast you should check them out. yeah uh, <laughs> plug for sure. you should check their podcast out if you if you love Marvel stuff. Um, they brought up an interesting point that said like this is the first time we've seen vision in action since like age of Ultron. like we saw him in civil war like gently fighting the Avengers, but like I think he knew his limitations, considering yeah. that they were all friends fighting each other. But this is the first time we really see him phasing in and out and using his strength. And, like, I thought it was awesome. I think it was an awesome fight. What about you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I really like the the action. But I think, like, you know, getting back to the character's roots and having him just outthink his opponent was, like, kind of, you know kind of clever and it really that really fit more with the character than having him just like strictly overpower um his opponent
0: yeah um i I think i think he's awesome like i i really thought that exchange was like i forget what line hex vision said to white vision but when one white vision said like i request elaboration i was like oh man it's gonna be a battle of the minds at this point
1: yep and of course it. it was in a library. I thought that was a nice touch too.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that. That's that's a good <laughs> point. That's a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to think. So at the end of it all, do you think... Uh, what do you think is next for Wanda, realistically?
1: I think we will hear vague rumblings of her for a little while, maybe in a couple movies or TV shows. um, We get a tease that like, she's figured something out in like her, um, you know, kind of astral projection, like make tea as well as the study, the book at the same time, like that will bear fruit at some point. Um, potentially leading into um, Doctor Doctor Strange, and whether that you know whatever form that takes, I think this sort of gave us a hint that um, Wanda might not be able to control what she's got going on. Um, so either the storyline could be her trying to figure out what she's got going on and how to you know not fulfill the prophecy of destroying the world. Um, or, and, or, you know, unleashes something that ends up trying to destroy the world. And that's the, that's the new Thanos. I, I'm really not sure.
0: I would be all on board for Wanda almost being another big MCU, like villain, but like not really a villain, just being unstable. Yeah. Uh, because I don't think there's a piece of Wanda that wants to quote unquote take over the world or whatever. Like, I think she truly just wants to be able to live a happy life. But the right. means of how she, you know, took control of Westview and and manipulated all those people like was very villainous. But, but yeah, I, I agree. I think we see her in. I think we see her in. I think. Okay, so here's my theory. I think the next time that we get to see Wanda um, is in Spider-Man 3. I think she's going to be the end credit scene of Spider-Man 3. Because, think about it, if we go the rest of the year not hearing a peep from her, because this also ties into the whole like what I was going to do earlier and talk about the Marvel timeline. So, May 7th, as of right now, we got Black Widow. Oh, sorry, before that. We've got... Um we've got the winter Falcon and the Winter Soldier starting to stream next Friday. Not this Friday, but next Friday, which is awesome. Yep. So we get immediately thrown into the mix in terms of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Next, we get Loki. Snow, damn it. Sorry. <laughs> we get Black Widow on May 7th, officially. In theaters and maybe in Disney Plus, we'll see if they decide to pull an HBO Max. Then we get in June, Loki. Uh, still an unconfirmed date, but what if it's coming. Then still confirmed. I completely forgot about this film because we still don't have a trailer. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, July 9th. Yep. Um, you got to think a trailer is dropping soon. Uh, then November, we've got Eternals confirmed for November 5th. Still no trailer for that either. Then, which also kind of depresses me now that I think about it, because we won't, we definitely aren't going to see a trailer for Spider-Man until we've seen a trailer for Eternals. Yeah, they're not going to pre-market a movie that comes out after the next movie. That that that's just not how they work. Nope. Then, <laughs> st- still slated for late 2021 is Miss Marvel and Hawkeye. So we still got sad. those properties. Yes, and those are Disney Plus shows. Uh, and then, finally, December 17th is Spider-Man 3. I think that's the next uh, time we see Wanda in the end credit scene for that movie. Because the following movie is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness.
1: Okay. I so, Yeah.
0: i I don't think that's accidental.
1: I don't think so. My only reservation is that I feel like given sort of the 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 sharing of spider-man they typically only promote other like you know like after homecoming they promoted that oh like the Sinister six is kind of in the mix and then far from home they you know said that j jonah jameson knew who um spider-man was accurately so that's my only reservation with that theory. I think your time I think the timing you set out um holds a lot of water. But I think it all is like and if it is like also you know, like we've been talking about with sort of like a multi Spider Man multiverse, it does make sense to sort of bring Wanda into the mix of that since you know, I feel like it takes a lot of magic firepower to make a, a multiverse thing like that happen. So I'm, I'm about right on the fence of, of getting behind your theory. So I'm, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't get full behind it, but I'm just, just thinking it out here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good, good points. That's a really good idea. I I hadn't even thought about that or considered that. Um, But then following Dr. Strange 2, um, we don't, or we have officially the release date for Thor 4, which is May 6th. And then, Black Panther 2, July 8th, Captain Marvel 2, November 11th, Um, and then Guardians 3, no, sorry, keeping on the train of 2022, we don't have release dates for any or time periods, but we got She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Secret Evasion, Ironheart, Armor Wars, I Am Groot, which is a series of shorts, so that doesn't really matter, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. That also doesn't really matter in terms of the timeline. I mean, who who, who knows? Maybe it does. Maybe it does. But
1: you know, I, you know, I am Groot's going to have a killer end credit scene.
0: But but then finally, um, twenty twenty three, Guardians three, Blade, Ant Man three, and Fantastic Four. So that's the current lineup. Um. So that's what we got. Yeah. Are there any? closing thoughts you've got on WandaVision I feel like we scratched the surface but I think we 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 did a pretty good job asking the right questions what, what else you got to say
1: yeah I think the only other thing that maybe left a bit to be desired in the finale was I wanted wanted a bit more Monica Rambeau I think we got just kind of a few sort of sprinkles of uh the different powers she's got going but and then uh, end credit scene getting called up to the scroll. I, so I think that that's kind of setting her up for. I don't even know what movie that's going to be in. Can't be as late as Ms. Marvel two or Captain Marvel two, but maybe it is.
0: Well, I was just thinking that you know Captain Marvel two is supposedly the next time we see her. It has been confirmed that she is in Captain Marvel two, but they've also said that Miss Marvel is going to be in Captain Marvel 2. So I'm thinking that maybe Monica has a chance of showing up and being almost a mentor to Miss Marvel. I I don't know, because yeah. also Secret Invasion is supposed to release in 2022, and I'm sure that's before Captain Marvel 2. And Secret yeah. Invasion is all about, I don't know if you're familiar, but the, the story in the comics is that Secret Invasion is basically the revelation that almost half of earth's mightiest heroes were scrolls the whole time gotcha hmm so, so that could be you know big shit for <laughs> <laughs> for monica big shit lack yeah, of a yeah. better term but but yeah that's I, I i agree i think she was underutilized um but then again i think a tiktok i saw explained this really well that they didn't want to pull all of the attention away from wanda and vision yep so i guess we didn't really talk about that end credit scene what did you were you surprised that were you thinking at all that the cameo we were supposed to see was going to be in the movie theater when monica when the agent was like hey there's there's someone in the theater that needs to talk to you
1: I, I won't saying I'm disappointed is a bit too strong, but I was wanting not, I was wanting something other than a scroll, uh, and credit scene. I feel like we've gotten a couple of those. I'm like, okay, that's fine. We know they're around.
0: We, we get it. They exist. We're, we're, because that was the end credit scene for far from home. Right. That's uh, right.
1: Yeah. I forgot that was one of them as well.
0: So it, it's like, all right, we get it. <laughs> there are scrolls here. We don't. We don't need to keep. Maybe they just don't want us to forget that scrolls exist in the MCU. So when they show up again, and we're not like, whoa, like. But really, yeah. Come on, they couldn't have done anything. Well, <laughs> Why if, no if, Doctor Strange? Damn it!
1: <laughs> <laughs> if it really uses as many as you say, and it, it's like about half, like they probably should. Uh have as many as possible keep showing up
0: there you go folks i think that's pretty well said wandavision uh the series uh finale we yeah. all we, we all enjoyed it i know mitch wishes he could be here to talk about it but uh, he's feeling a little ill um but yeah we're excited to be able to recap Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and then you know all of the rest. So keep an eye out on those. We got so much Marvel content coming this year. It, we sh- we should almost just rebrand to the Marvel Binge Boys because that's it's like we've been. That's all we're going to be talking about, uh, for, the, about for the next the, year.
1: The friends from work were buddies from the office. <laughs> Just jack their sweat. You know how
0: many times I've seriously contemplated, like, rebranding to just being, like, a Disney-focused movie and TV podcast, just covering Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars? I've considered that so many times. Is that the name? It's got legs.
1: (laughs) I I don't (laughs) know if it does. I think you search Disney uh, dudes. If you search Disney dudes on TikTok, I'm sure you don't find very many people we want to be like. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i i think i think you're right man so everybody that was our review of wandavision and i keep wanting to say season one but i i suppose just wandavision as, as it stands is is what it's is what it is full stop well, that was our review of wandavision period as well as, <laughs> as as well as uh i care a lot so did you enjoy it let us know. We hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. Keep an eye out this Thursday for the run-through with Cousin Tanner. Uh, we covered Dumb and Dumber, classic comedy movie. So be on the lookout for that. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see everybody next time. Bye. See you later. <laughs>